Coming up on this week's show, we ring in 2017 with our look at our goals. Plus, we review some books, Star Wars Rogue One, and Yuri on Ice. Welcome to the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for readers and writers of gay romance fiction. If you can read it, write it, watch it, or listen to it, these two guys are going to talk about it. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Adams and Will Knauss. Welcome to episode 65 of Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff from JeffAdamsWrites.com. And I'm Will from WillKanaus.com. Happy New Year! Happy New Year to you, sir. I feel like I should have brought a noisemaker or perhaps confetti to the program, <laughs> which I did not do. <laughs> which, yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> the noisemaker would have been loud and the confetti we would have had to clean up. <sighs> yeah. How are you on this first day of 2017? I am pretty okay. No, no, well, no complaints so far. Yeah, we are only 12 hours <laughs> into the new year so far, so there you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, 2016 certainly went out with a vengeance last week. Um, as we were doing the post-production on the show last Sunday, uh, George Michael passed away, we found out. And then, of course, just days after that, Carrie, Carrie Reynolds, that's wrong, Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds both passed. And then right at the end of the week, all romance ebooks managed to implode itself. So... Let's hope 2017's first week has a much calmer, peaceful start. Yes. Uh, during the holiday week, I did continue work on Codename Winger, book two. Got about 10,000 words added to that manuscript, and it's actually rolled over the uh, halfway point now. So, very excited about that. Congrats to you. Thank you. And Love's Opening Night came out on Wednesday last week mm-hmm. and opened to some really good reviews. If it was a show, I would say it was a mostly positive opening night for it, <laughs> which I'm very uh, very pleased with. Thanks to everybody who took the time to review last week and to pick it up last week as well. Uh, look forward to a little more of the blog tour will happen this week. Uh, and I'll have the link to the show notes in that because there's still some copies out there that people can win. Fantastic. Yeah. Congrats again on that. Thank you. Now, this past week, we've been listening to um, some of our business podcasts, as we are wont to do, as per usual, uh, and we wanted to point out two of them that uh, stood out to us. Uh, first off, Joanna Penn, who you may uh, remember from uh, two episodes uh, earlier in 2016. Yes. Uh, she did a webinar i had to think about what the word was specifically she did a webinar uh about planning for the new year uh this particular webinar is geared towards writer but uh joanna is super smart and all of her tips are applicable to pretty much any area of your life yeah i would totally agree with that so we'll have links to joanna's webinar in this week's show notes mm-hmm. also we wanted to bring up uh the boys from the self-publishing podcast did sort of a year, a best of year in review. Uh, it was kind of their clip show uh, and they had uh, assorted pieces of wisdom from all of the guests they had on uh, in 2016. It's a really fantastic episode. It's SPP episode 242 and we'll have links to that specific episode. If you're interested in, you know, writing advice and business and marketing and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. If that's your jam, highly recommend you check out this uh, really well-produced year-end episode. Uh, SPP, uh, check out the links, show notes. Yeah, and I would agree with you that yeah. I think Joanna's webinar would be good for pretty much anybody who's looking to set goals for this year, whether you're writing or not. And the SPP one is it's much more geared towards writers. Mm-hmm. So to kick off 2017, we've got something new happening uh, with the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. Uh, we new, you say new new for the new year. How how so? So we've begun working with Patreon, uh, which is a site that allows people to support projects uh, that they're into, and so we've set up a way for our listeners to help support production of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, your pledges will help offset the cost of producing this show each month. Now, uh, for those of you who've never heard of Patreon, it's essentially. Uh, Kickstarter for ongoing projects. Uh, there are lots of different people on Patreon, uh, writers and artists and uh, you you name it. There are yeah, podcasters and singer-songwriters. and Yeah. yeah. Uh, so essentially think of it as a Kickstarter, an ongoing Kickstarter for this show. Now, 
On Patreon, we have a couple different levels of support. Uh, we have a one, three, and five dollar level. And for those of you who uh, are generous enough to pledge three to five dollars per month, you'll get the opportunity to ask questions of future guests mm -hmm. here on the podcast. Uh, all of our listeners. <laughs> Maybe in 2017, I can learn how to talk. Now, all, all of our supporters on Patreon will be listed on a special patrons page at biggayfictionpodcast.com. Mm -hmm. And we already want to thank Regency Fan 93, who became our first Patreon uh, just late last week. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Regency Fan 93. Uh, and we should note that in any month that we hit $50 in pledges or more, which actually covers our monthly costs for the show, we'll do a special bonus show specifically for the patrons. It'll be patrons only. No one else will get to see it. So a little extra uh, incentive for you to help us uh, meet our production cost each month. Now, let us be 100% clear. The Big Gay Fiction Podcast will still be free mm -hmm. and still be available to everybody. The Patreon is for those of you out there who want to uh, help support the show uh, in a monetary fashion. Yes, it's kind of like, you know, the PBS thing where you always hear about <laughs> this show graciously supported by people like you. Exactly. That's exactly what it's you like. You still get to see the show whether you support or not, but to those who are, we thank you. Yes. Uh, you can get complete details and make a pledge if you choose to at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Big Gay Fiction Podcast. Did you know that podcasts love to get reviews too? Taking a moment to leave a review about the Big Gay Fiction Podcast helps us with the show's visibility online. Please take a moment to visit iTunes and leave a review. Your comments help other readers of gay romance discover this show. Thanks for helping us spread the word about the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. So recording this episode on New Year's Day, and of course it drops on the day after, uh, it's time to look at our 2017 goals. We did this last year uh, in the first episode of the year, and it's it'll be a consistent thing for the podcast, I think, because we do like to give people kind of a, a look at the writing life that we both lead. Now, we made a kind of clear last week on the show that it was going to be goals and not resolutions, because there's a distinct difference there. And I look to you to, to tell us a little bit about that difference, because I think you, you outline it better than I do. Well, if you read as much self-help as I have in my life, <laughs> <laughs> um, you realize resolutions are for chumps. Resolution is essentially a wish stated out loud. It's like, I wish I would get to the gym more, or I, uh, or as in a resolution, or I want to you know, lose 20 pounds, or I want to, you know, who knows, whatever stupid resolution you end up making. The thing is, is that's not, uh, uh, a resolution isn't very particularly concrete, and wishes don't really have a specific um, end date. Uh, we choose to uh, call them goals for the year, uh, most self-help gurus who uh, espouse, you know, goal setting will probably tell you that you need uh, an attainable goal and you need a specific timeline and essentially uh, many goals leading up to the, uh, what's the word? The, the, the thing that you're seeking, the, the outcome that you're wanting to manifest. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I talked my way out of that one, boy, oh boy. You did a good job. So, for for instance, you know, I want to lose 20 pounds. That's that's a resolution. It's a wish. Um, uh, stating it more concretely, I want to lose 20 pounds by, you know, uh, April 1st. And in order to achieve that goal, you will, you know... Go out and take a 30-minute walk every day, or you're going to actually get in the car and go to the gym and do something at the gym, you know, three times a week or whatever. I, I don't know. So, yeah. yeah. So, we're focusing on goals right yes. now. Goals. Hit it. What, what's up? Uh, so, let's look at, let's have a quick review of 2016. 2016 was a weird year 
uh, for me because I didn't put out as much new work as I have in the previous two years. And there was a little method to the madness, but it still wasn't quite what I wanted. Uh, so I published uh, Sound Beginning and Make the Right Choice. Both came out in February. And then I finished the year with Love's Opening Night uh, this past week. Uh, I repackaged a couple of things during the year, which was good for the good for the overall uh, author business. Uh, Hat Trick became a box set in January, which was great to package those six stories all into one easy to download ebook. Uh, Sweet and Sexy became a short story paperback collection, which allowed a packaging of those stories and making them available in paperback for the first time because there are people out there who want paperbacks. And Dancing for Him became a paperback for the first time in October. And Rivals went to audio in November. So there was a lot of repackaged stuff going on, which was great. I wrote 170,000 words last year, which sounds like a lot, but it was also down 25% from 2015. There were two months in particular last year where I wrote no words within the month, which was not the best choice. Uh, and most of the words, and this is where the production schedule got a little weird, most of the words I wrote in 2017 actually will come out or sorry, wrote in 2016, will actually come out in 2017 or 2018. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the plan for 2017. It looks like four new works will get published. Two of those were actually written back in 2016. uh, And two brand new books that will actually get written and and put out in 2017 will happen. My goal, the goal, is to write six books which will be a minimum total word count in the year of 290,000 words, which sounds like a staggering number to me. (laughs) But I look back on 2015 when I wrote 270,000 words. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's something I've done really, I've come really close to doing in the past. There will be uh, a new series will start, which I'm really excited about. Uh, to give you a little hint on it, it's going to allow me to bring uh, Simon and Alex, uh, their friends, the Rainbow High team forward from the Hat Trick series and start something new in which all of them will be at least major supporting characters, if not occasionally major characters across this new series. And we'll talk more about it as I get closer to it because I don't want to give too much away because it's still kind of in its plotting phase. There's a lot of scribbles on the chalkboard that's behind the door <laughs> that will form that series. Uh, I've also been invited into a charity anthology that I need to write 20,000 words for uh, before April. So that's kind of how my year breaks down, and I'm super excited about it. I'm glad that it. the goal is to have something out in each quarter of the year rather than essentially bookending the year. And... If I keep Reese Ford's advice in my head that she gave at GRL, which was just to write every day, take your moment, write every day, um, this is doable. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, and of course, part of our goals too is to write together. Mm-hmm. Um, the fast draft for our first book is already done. Yes. And there'll be at least one more of those books written within 2017. Uh, 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that's a good segue into your goals <laughs> mm-hmm. as we talk about the co-writing goals. Yeah. Um, as some of our listeners may realize, I didn't talk about my writing at all in 2016 because I didn't do any writing in 2016. Well, to be fair, we did plot. And that's not actual words on the page, but we did plot together the co-writing project. I still didn't write. He's very true it's about very, that. That's very true. It's very sweet of you to try and, like... Uh, that's the only bit of sprinkle of magic I could put on that. It's a bitter pill, no matter how, how you take it. So, yeah, I didn't do any writing in 2016. That will change in 2017. I haven't uh, written down or uh, planned out any concrete goals like you have just yet, because I want to take the first two weeks of 2017 to whip up that fast draft you did uh, whip up. I mean, uh, whip whip through. Um, it's my job to go through and officially sort of second draft it. Yes. Uh, so that's what I'm going to be concentrating on uh, during the first two weeks of 2017. Uh, and hopefully we will have that 
wrapped up, finished, and submitted. Uh, it would be super freaking awesome uh, if it was all done by February 1st. But we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see We'll see what the year holds. We don't know in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I want to, you know, whatever happens, happens. There are things that you can control and there are things that you can't control. And I'm, you know, I'm too old. Life is too short. I'm not going to get worked up about stuff that I can't control. Um, I do plan on arranging my daily schedule to hopefully optimize the early morning hours for creative pursuits, such as uh, doing this second draft of the book Mm -hmm. uh, and creating my own fiction in 2017. Um, I'm still fat. (laughs) Me too. Me too. (laughs) I wanted to get not fat in 2016, and that didn't quite happen. So um, I'm going to also be... um, uh, designating a certain portion of my day to my non-fat pursuits. <laughs> yeah, I haven't figured out my non-fat pursuit yet either, other than trying to really eat better, which will be a lot of it. Um, mm-hmm. Those goals are yet to be written because yeah. my business goals came first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, so I'm being purposefully vague because I haven't gotten anything just yet written in stone. But I have to say, um, despite what 2016 ended up being, I am pretty gosh darn optimistic about 2017. Good. I'm feeling, I'm feeling good about it. Uh, even though, you know, realistically I have no reason to. <laughs> Um, the pra- okay, here's the thing. The pragmatist in me knows that 2017 is most likely going to be very, very difficult. Um, I've been reading some year-end uh, blogs from you know a bunch of different people, mainly authors, and the problems that created 2016 have been uh, bubbling under the surface for a very long time. Uh, 2016 was going to end up happening pretty much no matter what. Uh, And those things that caused 2016 to happen don't magically disappear when the calendar turns a page on, you know, January 1st. So those problems uh, here in this country still exist. uh, And they are definitely something we need to work on in the new year. Uh, Please don't let that bring you down. Uh, the world is still moving forward, <laughs> so uh, let's um, let's let's settle up, buckaroos, and let's get the work done. Yeah, I think you know, <laughs> the the works that the authors bring into the world are important, perhaps more important than ever in 2017. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's more important than ever in 2017. You know, certainly being more active in your community, your local state community, and trying to impact what's happening on a national level um, in 2017. And I think that'll, you know, that'll play a part for all of us moving forward, um, especially after January 19th. Yeah. So let's talk about the show itself, the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. We completed an entire year in 2016. Yes, we did. Uh, Back in November, November Whatever the first week of November was, was the one-year anniversary of the show. Well, I'm talking about an entire calendar year. Yeah, so we've, we've actually done both. We've completed a year of the yes. show, and we completed an entire calendar year of production. Yeah, we've got that under our belts, and I feel pretty damn good about that. I don't know about you. I do. I'm very pleased with what we did. I'm, I'm, it was exciting to talk to the authors that we talked to. I feel like mm-hmm. there was good stuff that came out in those interviews uh, across the board. I think we gave, I hope we gave people a different way to hear the authors in this community and find out about the community that we operate in uh, for gay romance. Mm -hmm. Uh, The show had great growth across the year. I'm very pleased, Uh, you know, looking at the show as it's, as one of its co-producer and seeing the, the percent gains that basically we made month after month after month. Uh, there was a natural dip in December as people did other things, preparing for the holidays, being with family, etc. But we've already seen that kind of boomerang back a little bit um, after Christmas. 
And so I hope we continue that growth. I hope, you know, those of you who are listening, you know, you, you turn on friends to the show and that we're able to keep kind of sending out the message of gay romance and, mm-hmm. and the wonderful stories that it tells. I, yeah, I think I've personally just enjoyed doing the show itself and I'm pretty pleased with the organic growth that the show has experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a relatively small audience compared to some other podcasts, but it is a very loyal audience. And uh, we're, number one, we're very glad to have you. Uh, we're glad that you spend the time each week to listen to our shenanigans and <laughs> <laughs> our, our various, you know, uh, what we get up to each week. Uh, we appreciate all of you who are listening, and I look forward to uh, growing that audience even more um, and all that that entails. We're still sort of... Um, even though we have been doing this for over a year now, we're still sort of, uh, we're still pretty green. We're uh, still new at this. And Mm -hmm. what I mean is like essentially marketing the podcast, making sure people know that this show exists. That's kind of hard. It is. It's different. We, 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 and I air quote this, we know how to market a book. Mm-hmm. Marketing the show is a little is different. It's a different beast yeah. to find the niche to market the podcast in this niche that's already fairly small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that, I think, comes because every I think every time we talk to a new author and then they share the fact that they're on the show, it spreads the word a little more. But other than that, like I don't really know how to go advertise the podcast because it's like... Yeah, that's that's still stuff yeah. that we uh, have to figure out in the new year. Uh, and part of that will be traveling. Yes. See? that? Oh, well, that wasn't a particularly smooth segue, but... Well, okay. no, because there's one let more... let me give it to you again. There was one more bullet <laughs> under show goals, but that's okay. <laughs> the, the last bullet in our list of our show goals is to uh, make the Patreon... Uh, subscription. Um, oh God! It's mostly to <laughs> words are hard to get. They're it. hard. This is twenty. Oh Lord! I'm gonna get better at this in 2017. I swear. Here, you try. Yeah. You, you you read that sentence right there on the screen. We want to work to get the show <laughs> where it pays for itself. Uh, yes, exactly. Through, through Patreon. Yes. Um, as we said, we're not going to stop the show if it doesn't pay for itself because we enjoy doing it. We know it. People enjoy the show, but. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it would be great if its monthly overhead would get paid for. Yes, that would be very, very nice. And uh, hopefully uh, with the outreach that we have planned. Oh, this is a much better segue. Um, with the outreach we have planned, we can reach that goal. As part of said outreach, we're going to be traveling in 2017. Yeah, there's Jeff, more... where are we headed this year? There is. There's more travel for you know our our business overall, which is encompasses both the author side and the podcast side, uh, we get to visit our dream spinner friends in March at the author conference in Orlando, which I which will have a side trip to Harry Potter Land. <laughs> yes, it will. Uh, we're going to be in Atlanta uh, for RT in May, where we'll get to we're we're attending a writing masterclass, which will be very exciting. Uh, we're presenting on podcasting for authors, which is Exciting and terrifying at the same time. Yeah, if any of you listening are headed to RT in May, please uh, look us up yeah. or, or come to our little talk. Yeah, as we get closer, or, we'll we'll talk we'll we'll talk yeah. more about the schedule. Yeah, that's a couple months. The so. RT schedule is already out, um, yeah. but we can put it in the bullets here. But we'll talk about it much closer to the to the event. Yes. Uh, GRL, of course, in October in Denver this year, mm-hmm. where I hope. You'll be making your potentially supporting author debut. We'll see. Perhaps. Maybe. You, you never know. Uh, and of course, uh, I want to make the return trip, as I'm sure you do too, to GRNW or whatever Gay Romance Northwest calls itself. Yes. Uh, for November mm-hmm. in Seattle. Um, and then throw it in there for our year. We'll head to New York at some point for our yearly theater trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little up in the air right now whether that happens with Rainbow Book Fair or not, because to date, Rainbow Book Fair has not announced its dates for 2017 yet. 
So we'll kind of see how all that uh, plays together. But there's there's certainly a trip to Broadway somewhere in there. Yeah. Hey, plus we get to see Hamilton in June. <laughs> <laughs> Lest we forget that trip to San Francisco because we finally snagged some Hamilton tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you're particularly looking forward to in the year that you can think of off the top of your head that's mm-hmm. not on our list, perhaps? Or nope. Well, there you go. Sorry, I don't have anything else to add. That's quite all right. So that's our 2017. If you, our listeners, have a 2017 goal you'd like to share on the show notes for this episode, feel free to do so. Can a backstage flirtation lead to real-life romance? That's the question in Love's Opening Night, the gay romance novella by Jeff Adams. Jeremy Steele is a veteran Broadway performer. For his latest role, he's dancing alongside a man he's fantasized about for years, TV star Ty Beaumont. Jeremy knows better than to get involved with a castmate, but when Ty has trouble learning the complicated choreography, Jeremy offers to lend a hand. When a rehearsal kiss turns into something more, Jeremy can't help but wonder what a celebrity like Ty could ever see in a Broadway chorus boy like him. Will a relationship with his crush make it past previews? Or can it become a long-running hit? Love's Opening Night by Jeff Adams is available at dreamspinnerpress.com, amazon.com, and other ebook retailers. Pick up yours now. Okay, we've got some book reviews now. Ta-da! First book reviews of 2017. Uh, yay. So mm-hmm. let's get started. The first, right. the first book I want to talk about is I recently finished reading Let It Snow by Heidi Cullen. Um, oh, oh my God, I love this book so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the feels. I love this book. Okay. Um, technically, this is a Christmas book, um, but it's uh, perfectly... Uh, acceptable to read this uh, at any time of the season because okay. it's that freaking good. Okay, the book itself is sort of a takeoff on Three Bears. Uh, it centers on uh, Frankie, who is a stylist, not a hairdresser. He's a stylist from the Twin Cities, and he finds himself lost in the boonies of Minnesota in this small town. Oops. Uh, and while he's driving... Uh, in the snow, his uh, car goes uh, off the road and into a snowbank. Uh, and he gets rescued by three bears. Uh, three big burly lumberjack types. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, and they save him and take him to their cabin nearby. Frankie starts to fall for the grumpiest of the bears, a guy named Marcus. Uh, and essentially the book covers the week that a snowstorm keeps them stranded in the cabin, the four of them all together. And the majority of the book uh, sort of uh, chronicles their sort of uh, their dislike from one another to uh, they eventually get talking and then they realize they have stuff in common and oh gosh, isn't that the other guy cute? And then they fall for each other and then they have really super hot sex and then they're... (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's really fantastic. Uh, Kudos to... Heidi Coleman, um, uh, Marcus, and Frankie are terrific characters, and I really, really loved all the other secondary characters uh, in the book as well. They're incredibly well drawn, and it really uh, sucked me in. Uh, I love this story a whole lot. It's actually the first book in her uh, Minnesota Christmas series, so I highly recommend it. I've had this one sitting in my TBR for a long time. Uh, I'm not sure why I pulled this out of the depths of my list, but I did. Well, as you were reading last week, it was still the holiday week. Yeah. You know, as you read, so yeah. why not go for uh, one more Christmas? So by pure happenstance, I sort of stumbled across this gem. I'm really, really glad I did. So I highly recommend it. Let It Snow by Heidi Cullen. Cool. I finished out my year with two books, which got me to get my little completed banner on my Goodreads. Dun, da, da, da. Uh, yes. On my good on my good reads. Congrats I, to you on that. That is I, a fantastic achievement. Since <laughs> I couldn't count my that beta read I did, since it's not in Goodreads. Mm. Now I officially have my forty. Awesome. So and these are both from authors that I've been reading heavily uh the last month or so. Yeah. I read Brent Hartinger's uh Road to Amazing, which is the third book in the Russell Middlebrook Futon Years series. 
I, I think it was just last week I reviewed the first two of these books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I jumped right into the third one because, well, Russell and Kevin were getting married and I wanted to see how that turned out. <laughs> so they get married in this little tiny island uh, in the middle of Puget, Puget Sound? Puget. Puget. Yeah. Uh, called Vashon Puget. Island. Puget. That's a Puget. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, and so Brent and Michael Jensen are going to hear this and just laugh entirely because <laughs> of how I pronounce that. And that's uh, fine. Funny, funny, funny. Anyway. So they're on this island, and they're staying at an inn called the Amazing Inn, which is this big, beautiful, nice house that they've rented out for the weekend to have the wedding and for their friends to stay with them and everything. And it's they find out very quickly that there's this town called Amazing that's nearby that has this big mystery because one day everybody was gone from the town of Mystery, and that happened decades ago. So it's like no buildings, it's all foundations, but that leaves a nice little side mystery for them to mess around with on wedding weekend hence the title the road to amazing there's more to it than that oh wait oh i thought i was being clever no you are because that's part of it okay but there's more to it than that all right because they have to find their road to their own amazing at the same time oh okay for both i get it so kevin from the beginning is in the role of the neurotic one here because it's usually russell who's neurotic about everything in this case it's kevin who just knows that somehow the weekend is going to go amiss and from the get-go, things start to go wrong. A miss? A miss. Uh-oh. Or a skew, if you wish. <laughs> uh, a whale washes up on the beach near their house, and it's very stinky, this whale that has washed up. <laughs> so how could they possibly have the wedding outside on the deck with the stinky whale down there? <laughs> That's awful. So <laughs> they're trying to deal with this mess, but ultimately the whale gets solved. Okay. That's good. But then there's other things. A storm comes up, knocks out the power. The caterer can't do what they need to do. Mm. Another windstorm comes up. And if you live in the Pacific Northwest, you know you can have a rainstorm that does its thing, and then you can have a windstorm that does its thing. It's completely separate events. There's another fairies can't bring the guests over for the wedding because the windstorm happens. And thing after thing after thing happens, and Kevin freaks out, and Russell tries to calm him down, and of course... Gunner and Min and Otto are all along for this ride, along with a couple other new friends that we've been introduced to. Trying to keep everything together, they throw a, a, an amazingly hysterical bachelor party that includes a riff on the newlywed game, which was a hoot. Um, ultimately, this book boils down, at least for me, to like the last, uh, I think it's five chapters, which are the wedding day and where Kevin and Russell really come to understand why they've chosen to get married mm-hmm. and what that means to them, which is more important than what it means to anybody else. Um, Min is their efficient, 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 and says some amazing things to them as they are getting married. Uh, of course they get married because, you know, they have to. Um, while this isn't a romance, they do get their happily ever after because they get married, but I will say that I cried Multiple times in the last five chapters because it was just that awesome. Uh, so I love this story. I love where this, these characters have ended up. The next book that comes out is the Auto Dig, Dig More Difference, which will come out in early 2017. Uh, I will have Brent on the show closer to when that comes out. Can't wait to read that because um, some amazing things happen in this book with Otto as you read. So. Okay. To get a book in Otto's point of view is going to be a lot of fun. Cool. After, you know, multiple books of, of Russell over the years. So, really highly recommend the entire uh, Futon Years for Russell Middlebrook. And especially The Road to Amazing, which was my favorite of the three. Um, although they are all great. Just awesome. Speaking of third books, <laughs> which I was apparently very into this week. Avon uh, Gale's Power Play is the third book in the Scoring Chances series. Another series that I have enjoyed immensely, but in this book, um, Avon's a great writer. I've enjoyed the Scoring Chances books that I've read. I enjoyed Whiskey Business that I talked about last week. But particularly with the Scoring Chances books, it's like she all of a sudden the storytelling went from already awesome to up another level. Uh, the story's got a lot deeper here. We're no longer... Uh, looking at the Jacksonville Seastorm as the team that we're focusing on, but we hop over to the Spartanburg Spitfires. And here we've got two coaches who were brought in to save this team who was last in the standings. And it turns out the general manager was trying to pull a whammy on them, and he brought in a former Boston Bruins player uh, by the name of 
Misha's Samarin. Maybe that's right. Uh, and a former Montreal Canadien, Max Ashford. And what these two have is that Max's career ended because of an accident that Misha was involved in. So the GM's expecting a whole bunch of sparks to fly there and have a whole little bit of drama that he could use to market the team. Turns out the two coaches aren't going to play into that, but what nobody expected, especially them, was that they were going to end up attracted to each other. Uh, as you can imagine, these two have a lot of baggage to deal with. Mm -hmm. uh, Misha, despite knowing that what happened to Max was an accident, still views it as his fault that it went down. Uh, and initially, Max is convinced that it's because he's Russian and he's just internalizing all this stuff. That is the reason why they're not able to easily connect. But there's a lot more going on in Misha's background uh, from growing up in Russia to, that there's involved there. Max has a whole bunch of baggage of his own from losing his career to coming out to himself as bi and figuring out how he's going to do that with other folks. Uh, because at one point, as his career ended, he was engaged to be married. Mm -hmm. And then his fiance left him for a baseball player, I think it was, or a football player. A baseball player? I know, right? Ew. Why would you do that? <laughs> Uh, the way that Avon brings these two people together mm -hmm. with their baggage and navigating everything is so sweet and so just tremendously written how she manages the, to make these two play, the people so complex in what they're holding on to and trying to make... The, they want to fight for each other. They can't quite figure out how, and it's back and forth, back and forth, and it's just it's so nice. It's It's really good stuff. There's also a, a secondary story here with the Spitfire goalie named Isaac Drake. Uh, he has his own massive backstory going on here that I think we get to explore more in book four uh, because I know Empty Net is his book. Uh, it's it's a story unlike anything she's tried to tell before that I'm just not going to spoil. It's not that I've seen it. It's certainly not been in the Scoring Chances book. She's gone down this route. Uh, but it was very fascinating to me, the story that he had to tell and how it was impacting him and the team and everything. So it was truly outstanding. And you'll just have to read that for yourself. Uh, so Power Play by Avon Gale. Uh, can't recommend it highly enough. I got uh, re written reviews for both of these that will be linked up in the show notes as well. For the all the books that we just mentioned, we'll, talk, we'll have by links in the show notes as well. Fantastic. Yeah. So uh, while we're in review mode, because we are... We, on last Monday, went to see Star Wars Rogue One. I loved it. I thought it was... It's not a perfect movie. There's, rarely, there's no such thing as a perfect Star Wars movie anymore uh, with the sequels. But I thought this was a really well done, essentially, episode 3.5 uh, to help bridge between the pretty awful Revenge of the Sith and to get you into A New Hope. Uh, of course, you know how this movie ends because pretty much it, it picks up the next shot after the credits would have rolled would have been the beginning of A New Hope. Um, I thought the, the setup was great. I loved Diego Luna as, as the, the captain. I loved, I don't, didn't write down any of these actresses' names, uh, but the girl who is, is the hero of the story, I found her... Not as compelling as the heroine we had in uh, Force Awakens, but I enjoyed her little arc of trying to avenge her father and get that set right. Um, I thought the space battles were pretty incredible. The battle down on uh, the planet where they were having where they were having to steal the the Empire's plans was pretty awesome. Uh, recreating Peter Cushing was amazing. I forgot for a while he was dead <laughs> when we were watching this movie because I'm like, I think he's dead. And yet, this is, it was a very compelling CG performance there. And uh, it was quite something seeing uh, the CG of Carrie Fisher right at the end, uh, especially with her passing just a couple days after we saw the movie. Mm -hmm. So I give it a you know, big thumbs up. Uh, it, was, it was a perfect introduction to the concept of the outside of the regular Star Wars series movies. A Star Wars story, as they call it. Mm, exactly, yeah. I'm staring at you so you could give your opinion now. <laughs> um, I, on the other hand, was not that crazy about this particular movie. 
I did not find uh, the lead characters. I didn't think her story was particularly interesting or compelling. Uh, unlike you, I actually don't think Diego Luna is that interesting. Uh, I know there are a lot of people out there who love him to pieces, but um, I think in generally, generally, uh, he has this like non-acting acting style. Um, he's like purposefully stony-faced and wooden. Uh, that's that's his thing. And some people are drawn to that, I guess. I am not. I think he's boring as hell. Um, so there's that. Um, I didn't think the movie felt particularly fun or interesting until like the final third, where the rebels have to, you know, attack the um, imperial base in order to bring down a uh, force field so that the other rebels can attack. Uh, a setup that we've, you know, seen multiple times in Star Wars movies, but this was, you know, uh, enjoyable. The the final third of the movie I thought was, you know, fun and interesting. But overall, uh, it didn't do a whole lot for me. Um, can I put you on the spot? Sure. Can you name one of the new characters? One. Out of all the new characters they introduced in this movie? No. No. So, yeah, that's how I felt about it. It was just like, you know, eh. Oh, and, and I will give kudos to Alan Tudyk for his robot. A, I thought it was a well-done well, well done C, CG capture for that movement, but he he's the one, and this is probably actually going back to why the movie wasn't all that great, because I didn't feel this way about the adults in the movie, or the actual humans in the movie. His death, and there's a, sorry, spoil if you haven't seen it, but you know, the movie's been out for two weeks, so... Um, his death made me cry because he gave his all Mm -hmm. for his, for his master. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, I really enjoyed that. I liked his attitude. I liked his attitude that we had a droid who was decidedly different from 3PO. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. So let's talk about something we both liked. Yes. We finished actually watching Yuri on Ice, uh, just yesterday evening. As a matter of fact, that was sort of our... Uh, New Year's Eve treat. Uh, and we haven't really talked about our thoughts on Yuri yeah. just yet. Do you well, want... you've talked about Yuri in past because up until well, yes. this week, you'd seen it through episode 11, I think, even by the time... Had you, were you through 10 or 11 the last time we talked about I, it? The last time we talked about it here on the show, I was uh, up to episode 11. I just had not seen the final episode. Yeah. Uh, then we went back and watched it together. Yeah, you you watched the whole thing over again. We binged it over the course of last week, Tuesday through Saturday. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was... It was a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, uh, just to reiterate for those who don't know what the fuck we're talking about, Yurion Who Ice, on earth would that be at this point? <laughs> well, that's actually very, very true. Uh, Yuri on Ice is a Japanese anime. It is the story of Yuri, uh, a figure skater, and Victor, who is also a figure skater, who is taking a season off in order to coach Yuri. And it is their journey to the Grand Prix Final. That's essentially the story arc of the entire series. Uh, it also, um, it's about their growing... Just grow. call it a love story. It's it, a romance. It, it is. It is. And we'll get into that in just a second. So what did you what did you think? As a Yuri virgin, <laughs> what did you think? I really liked it. Um, I'm not always a tremendous fan of anime. Just because of the, the the drawing style and some of the over-the-top stuff. And there were some aspects of this that were like... Mm. Made me cringe a little bit. But overall, I thought the story arc was so endearing of, of Victor deciding to coach Yuri and Yuri's growth and finding the confidence in himself to go skate. And there were three competitions through the episodes is that right mm-hmm. uh, not counting the the initial one where he totally bombs um, but his his growth and his confidence and Victor's choices as a coach to even at one point break him 
mm-hmm. before letting him go forward. I thought that was all beautifully played out. I thought the skating animation was tremendous. Mm-hmm. And I would love to know how they pulled that off. If they were like drawing over actual skaters or did they just watch and then draw or how that worked. And one of the things that I really loved and I would love if, if they could figure out how to do this on you know, regular skating competitions is the internal dialogue of each of the skaters as they're doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Because it was either hysterical or touching or like crazy or, you know, <laughs> uh, watching JJ's breakdown in the Grand Prix um, and hearing his commentary on it was amazing. Uh, I really wanted Yurio to get his ass kicked at some point because he's just a dick a lot. Uh, but I guess that's just the role he's cast into. Um, now, see, you're actually... No, that's that's incorrect. I adore Yurio. I think he is hilarious. He, um... Hilarious in his anger. He is he is the angriest 15-year-old ever <laughs> that ever existed. Um, Yurio is another skater uh, in the pantheon of skaters who are all trying to get to the Grand Prix Final. And he, Yurio is determined to uh, win his first time out as a uh, senior mm-hmm. in the senior division uh, of skating. Uh, and he's willing to do anything to get there. And I, what I find incredibly endearing and absolutely hilarious is he is uh, furious and angry at absolutely everything. Literally everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he has the most uh, endearing. I think it's endearing. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted outburst. somebody to just kick his ass at I, some point. I think it was very, very funny. I, I, I will agree that it's funny. It's very, very funny. Yeah. He's not being a, a dick. He is. That's just how he processes things. He's an angry young guy searching for respect. And that's just how he expresses himself. I'm that's so he's not technically being a dick. He worked his ass off the entire season, and uh, that work paid off in the end. So it's not he's not the villain of the piece. No, he's not. He's, he's an antagonist. He's an antagonist. He's not dick. the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. Somebody needed to shake some 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 some. Some, some something into it. And I was surprised that his coach or the ballet teacher didn't actually do that. Mm, yeah. Okay. We'll agree to disagree on that. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but overall, it was it was a, a, it was an utter delight. I would love to see it without the annoying Crunchyroll commercials breaking up the momentum. Because mm-hmm. some of those are ridiculously long. Yeah. Um, so I hope it comes on DVD relatively soon. Because I would love to watch it over again mm-hmm. without that. Without those distractions, yeah, built into it. Good yeah. soundtrack too. Uh, wonder, yes. So one of the many things that uh, are so so much fun about this particular series is uh, the music. Um, great stuff. Uh, wild, wonderful, weird, just uh, uh, fantastic. Did you enjoy the ending? Yeah, I, I think I'd like to think that it's not the end. Mm-hmm. Of the series, because I'd like to see where they take it some more. Uh, but if it is the end, I was I was kind of okay with it, because I have my thoughts, and I, I don't know how much we want to talk about the end for people who may not have seen it yet, because the end only dropped, what, like a few days ago? Uh, it's been over a week now. been over a week. Um, I feel like there was at least a happy for now there, if not... A true H-E-A is at least a happy for now, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was good with that. I think they both had their growth moments. Um, yeah, I, I was I was okay with it. How, okay. how did you feel about it? Um, Especially, I, I'll classify a little more while you, before you answer. I think for a show that never really said it was a romance... Mm-hmm. I think that's even more of an okay place for it to be because you couldn't necessarily go into it knowing that they might walk away with a happy ever, a happy for now or a happy ever after. 
Um, here's the thing. I Watching this series, I was like 99% sure it wasn't going to end with hearts and flowers and declarations of love. Because that's not what Yuri on Ice was really doing. Even though that's what I wanted as a viewer. <laughs> um, and it did not end that way. Uh, uh, even uh, in the finale, the two leads, Victor and Yuri, never kiss. Uh, even though um, the show is uh, uh, definite romance. So um, I feel like the final episode wrapped up all of the storylines from the season in, uh, in an intelligent, appropriate way. And at the same time, it did um, open the door for more for hopefully, I think, a season two. I think they could do some really interesting things with where they uh, left off all of the characters, Yuri, Victor, and Yuria. Do you agree that they're in a happy for now state? I think they're. It's more than a happy for now. Okay. For for this particular show, that is the happily ever after. Okay. That that yeah, I could actually see that point of view on it too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Yuri on Ice, super awesome. Check it out online at Crunchyroll, and hopefully, uh, if it comes out on DVD here, DVD. If it comes out on DVD here in the states, we'll probably talk about that when that happens. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I've heard, because I was researching since we were binging this week, it sounds like the DVD's out, was out by the end of the year in Japan, mm-hmm. potentially. Okay. Uh, it could be, as I said yesterday, you know, make that all-region DVD player we got ourselves for Christmas come in all the handier. <laughs> so I think that does it for this first episode of 2017. <laughs> One down, 51 more to go. Or fifty two. I don't know if it's a fifty three week month, fifty three week year, oh, or fifty two. Is this a leapy? Oh, I, it's not leapy. Oh, who knows? But sometimes because it's just how the days fall, you can get yeah. fifty three weeks instead of fifty two. Yeah. And I don't know. Okay, we're, well, we're, for, well, forget I just said that. We're one down. One down, yo. <laughs> um. Yeah. So coming up in episode sixty six, uh, Richard Compton Sater will be here to talk about his debut novel, Rank. Which you loved. I did. I kind of gushed all over that. As you may remember from last week, it was one of my uh, top five of the year. Yeah. So. So super glad to have him coming up. Yes. And that'll do it for this episode. Uh, I hope everyone has a auspicious beginning to 2017. Please remember, treat each other kindly, uh, keep reading, and we will see you next week. For detailed show notes and the complete episode backlist, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com. New episodes are available every Monday on all major podcast distributors and YouTube. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.